Hello, listeners. Uh, I'm with uh, Peter. This is Philip here. Um, welcome to another episode of Double Zally, where we'll be um, talking about what's been going on so far in the U.S. Open and making predictions for what will happen um, later on. Uh, Mark can't join us. He's preparing for Hurricane Dorian. Um, so uh, good luck to him. And uh, right now I'm watching uh, Chilich versus Isner. And you guessed it, a tie break. Um, and it's been... Um, it's been as painful to watch as you can imagine, just painfully boring. Um, I actually, the Doubles Alley Pod, um, at Doubles Alley Pod on Twitter, put up a, a, a poll earlier um, saying, would you rather be flicked behind the ear for two straight hours or be forced to watch Isner versus Chilich? And uh, flicked behind the, the ear so far has 100% of the uh, votes. Um, and so, Peter, uh, with that in mind, uh, I was going to ask you, uh, are there things that you know are high quality just in other domains that you just have no patience for or just would rather not be entertained by? Um, sort of a subtle form of tip torture. Yeah, so I know that there are a lot of ways people evaluate furniture. And um, sometimes furniture has value due to the historic narrative. Maybe it's vintage or something. Or maybe it's just very stylish and chic and just looks is pleasing to the eye and is, is affiliated with a brand that's been a while, around a while. And so it's just got sort of an, a, uh, a uh, expensive, um, I guess, pricing to it. And honestly, I, I guess this is top of mind because I'm moving apartments, but I just have zero patience for furniture that's uncomfortable. I hate looking at a couch in a room and thinking I would rather be standing up right now. <laughs> I, 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 uh, I just, yeah, I mean, um, there are a lot of ways that, uh, people can get their jollies through artistic value. Um, but furniture is not how I get mine. Yeah, I totally agree. Uh, um, I have a little too much experience in places that uh, look like museums, but where there is n no comfortable place to sit. Uh, for me, though, my uh, my example is uh, more in the literary realm. Um, I know that Faulkner and Joyce and, uh, I mean, Jane Austen is not in the same category as those two in terms of just like, eliteness and accessibility yeah but i just can't i just can't read more than like three pages of ulysses or like the sound and the fury uh and you know i sort of uh i take the positives from my inability to access this like uh great literary text um because if somebody doesn't like something i write or a podcast i do um the way I uh, 
I just like uh, brush it off as being like, well, I don't like Faulkner, so great things can be disliked by people. Yeah, um, I think you're giving Isner and Chilich too much credit here. Like, Isner is not Faulkner or, <laughs> or, or James Joyce. Isner he is the Faulkner a, of serving, though. <laughs> he's a career, like, 10 through 20 ranked player. And, uh, well, I guess there's one, one Masters, but, like, yeah, I guess he is an artist at that one shot. Yeah. Um, but... Yeah, I see what you're getting at. Uh, it's just his, his game works, right? It works, but it's it sucks. So, so if you're Rafa, would you rather play Chilich or Isner? Um, so Rafa, I'd rather play Chilich. Rafa earlier today moved on to the round of uh, the round of sixteen, and so these are their his prospective opponents. What were you saying? I'd rather play. Uh, I'd rather play Chilich because a it's in America, and so Rafa might have like some sort of crowd issue, and b just Chilich or just uh, Isner is anybody can lose to Isner. You can lose three tie breaks to Isner and be the better player. Yeah. Also, Rafa Rafa had just dominated Isner, but. Uh... Isner did beat him in an important match in Miami, like pretty recently. Um, so Rafa's like cloak of invincibility is not quite is no longer really there against Isner. Um, and Chilich, um, I mean, Chilich beat Rafa when he was injured at the Australian Open two years ago, and uh, I don't think Rafa forgives like things like that, even though Chilich did nothing wrong, like. It's like, it's like, for the next ten years, every time Rafa sees Chilich, he'll think it's a grudge match, and that compared with that combined with Chilich not really having a great season, yeah, I would prefer to see Chilich on the other side of the net. Yeah, yeah. So let's but, let's, dis- yeah, let's discuss on. what's happened so far. Um, what were some of the biggest surprises to you in this event? Man, where to, where to start? Uh, I guess I was surprised the team got knocked out so early. I don't know the semifinals, but I guess he was battling a virus recently. So in hindsight, it kind of makes sense. Um, just that entire quarter of the draw is, is decimated. Just the first round exits on that on that uh, in that quarter um, have made it so that twenty eighth seeded Nick Kyrgios is probably the favorite. And, um, I actually, uh, that's actually a little frustrating because, um, Rafa would have to play him in the sense. <laughs> yeah. Then, um, but I guess another one was the Sitsipas over, or Rublev over Sitsipas, and just Rublev is playing so darn good. Um, what about you? I sort of have a question, um. Would you rather, if you were Rafa, would you rather face an informed Nick Kyrgios in a U.S. Open semifinal or an informed Dominic team? Uh, I mean, informed, they're both really good, but I'd rather play team. I'd rather play Kyrgios. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, so I think it's, 
And all, all said and done, I think it's like good news that all those guys are out for Rafa. I think the one there were some that surprised me, but I think one of the biggest was Felix just getting crushed by uh, Shapovalov, his like good friend. Um, I mean, neither of them have been playing well, but uh, you expected Felix to like show up. You know, <laughs> it's a big tournament. Yeah. It's his good friend. Um, I actually haven't seen Shapovalov play play so far, but it looks like he's really uh, uh, getting his mojo back a little bit. Yeah. He has a night match tonight. Um, and we'll see if he's got his, his swag. Another thing that I'm proud of uh, is that uh, on the previous podcast where we predict the tournament, I, against all odds, I predicted Jack Sock losing first round, and that <laughs> that happened. Um, and I, I actually have uh, Kyrgios, or no, sorry, Dimitrov in the round of 16. My logic there oh, yeah. was that uh, the onus is no longer on Dimitrov to underachieve now that Sock is back in these draws. Um, <laughs> and so, yeah, he's gonna, he's coming back to form. One of my uh, sort of dark uh, fantasies is Dimitrov making the semis and and facing Stan. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> I would love that and Stan like winning like just a heartbreaker. Um, <laughs> when you know it could happen because uh, another another uh, storyline here is that Djokovic doesn't seem fully healthy. Uh, his shoulder was bothering him and the. Uh, his second round match against Juan Ignacio Londero. Um, and so, yeah, uh, what are your thoughts on that? Have you seen, did you see any of his third round match? Yeah, I saw, I saw his second and his third round match. He was getting, the thing is, like, he was down two breaks in the second set, but then he won the next six games. I mean, uh, he, he was really toying with um, Kudla yesterday. Um, it, at, during like certain stretches, the important stretches of the match, and uh, I I think he'll be fine. Um, he might not be his best self, but he'll definitely be fine enough to get to the semis. So you don't see Stan um, Stan upsetting. No, I- he has two tough matches coming up. He's got Stan and Medvedev. Yeah, I don't the see either of them beating. I don't think. I don't think either of them will beat him. Yeah, neither do um, I. I just think uh, uh, he's just too much of a wall. Yeah, and then uh, what other what other stories from the first week? I guess um, Rublev. He's continued his. Uh, so Mark uh, Mark called that one out. Uh, Rublev over Tsitsipas, yeah. and I watched some of that match, and I was, it was a very high level match. Like Tsitsipas, uh, he didn't like, uh, he didn't blow it. Uh, Rublev actually won it, um, and I was actually yeah. even in defeat, I was impressed by Tsitsipas, especially his volleying. I think he's a little burned out right now, um, and I expect he's really him, good at moving up, he moving forward in the court. Yeah. Um, and then Rublev, his backhand is just like, he's an assassin on that side. Um, 
He hits the he ball, hit the ball flat and hard and accurate. Like, yeah. From awkward positions, he can hit like like very few others can hit. Yeah. Like he can just generate pace when you don't think it's possible. Yeah. He's uh looks like he's healthy and in form again. And it makes me think that like the Russian contingent is going to be like a force uh, for the next 10 years with Medvedev uh, coming on this year, Kashinov, we saw what he could do um, uh, last year and some this year. And then Rublev doing what he's been doing. Um, Russia could have three top 10 players for years to come. It's interesting how it comes in waves, right? Because there was a Spanish wave this past decade. There was an American, like Felix and Dennis are kind of their own mini wave. Um, there was an American wave. There have been historically American waves like Agassi, Sampras, Courier were all like the same age. Um, and it seems like the Russians are having sort of their golden age right now with, with guys around the same age cropping up. And, um, Medvedev is the one who's already a top five player. He's, I don't know how he went under the radar so long. I had no idea he was 6'6 for the longest time. But 6'6 and can move like that, my goodness. Like, he's, he's, he's likely the best of them. But, I mean, yeah, Rublev, if, Rublev has a big match against Kyrgios tonight, and whoever wins that match is is my pick for the semis in that side of the draw. Yeah, I would also, like, okay, um, yeah, the Russians have a wave right now, um, but they had a wave on the women's side and, like, basically a continued wave. And Eastern Europe just had, like, a lot of players in the women's side. So I think it's just, like, the men's side is maybe just catching up. Um, and it's not just Russia. It's, like, Poland has, like, Kechmaninov and, like, uh, the guy who Dimitrov beat yesterday. And, I don't know, actually Kechmaninov. Like, Poland has, I forget which of those, like, unpronounceable names is the Polish guy, but he's pretty good. Um, yeah, he won the Orange Bowl, I think, a, few, a year or two ago. He's, yeah, he he's young. Yeah, and then um, Serbia. It's not just Djokovic. They've got um, a few like up and comers now. Um, you, you think you think the best white athletes in the world come from Eastern Europe? <laughs> um, like Eastern Europeans are having probably having more success in the NBA than, than white Americans. Yeah. Um, and the pool is much thinner. Yeah. You know, I don't know enough about it to say, but they do produce really good uh, tennis players. And uh, I think it's a body type thing. Like, a lot of them are tall and thin and like have sort of a wiry athleticism, which is what tennis selects for. Um, yeah, because you, I don't know, you don't see, you see sometimes Scandinavians, but not recently. And I think they just have thicker, thicker builds generally. But I mean, a good athlete can come from anywhere. Like, um, 
these are just generalizations. Um, anyway, uh, yeah, Eastern Europe is like just producing, um, producing great players. Um, yeah, and so I heard you talk about like what, gen like say you said a few things about like what you think will happen in the next uh, next rounds but um do you have a no before we before we predict the brackets going forward there's another uh i guess who who are you picking between uh coco goff and naomi osaka uh i'm gonna go goff yeah the crowd's gonna be on her side osaka's been a bit erratic um Actually, the more I think about it, I'm just gonna go Osaka. Osaka sort of has had like knee knee problems. Um, I'm gonna go Osaka though, just because she. If there's ever a match, like I feel like her her adrenaline's gonna be up too. Yeah, and the U.S. crowd does like Osaka, um, so it's not like gonna be all golf, you know. Dude, it's gonna be all golf. Yeah. Like Coco Golf's parents were on first take yesterday. Like, you're you're not in the U.S. right now, but Coco Golf is a bigger story than um, pretty much every other story combined. Yeah, I love watching her play. Um, so I'm glad like this phenom is like exactly who she is. Um, yeah. She's got incredible intensity. Um, but yeah, uh, McEnroe had a quote um, being like, he sort of hopes Osaka wins. He thinks Goff has a good chance of winning, but he hopes Osaka wins because this might be too much too soon for her, especially if she gets like to the finals or something. Um, but I don't know. I sort of, I see where he's going and, you know, it could be. But I sort of think the on the flip side, it's just like you can't take uh, a potential like Grand Slam run for granted, you know. And you, there's no there's yeah. no saying if she'll like tear ACL like next week. But uh, right now she's playing incredibly well, and she's only 15 everyone hopes and expects she has a bright future in front of her but like bright futures can be can and like have been taken away in the past so you got to play for now yeah i mean i i hope i i don't i see where McEnroe's coming from but i think uh i don't know i mean it's more about who she is in than than uh than the result in terms of she's already a big deal yeah like she could at her current level she could get corrupted she could get lose her focus she could just um and it's just more about like her support system at this stage than it is about like how how far she actually gets i just doubt she's gonna get that far because you see her and she's she can play really well. Um, but then there are also stretches where she's hitting balls like 
five feet out. Yeah. And she is so looked, fast, though. Like, one of yeah. her moves is just to, like, hit a meatball, like, slice a meatball in the middle of the court and just run for the next ball. Yeah. But you can't... That's, like... I don't know. That's sort of like, amateur. Yeah. It does... It seems like... Uh, that's not why she's winning. Yeah. That's not why she's winning. Um, yeah. So, back to the men's draw. Um, what are your predictions going forward? Um, I guess we can start with the, uh, the round of 16 um, so far. Um, or, I guess, today's matches. Um, uh, Rublev or Kyrgios? I'm going to go Kyrgios. And uh, Berrettini. Uh, I'm going to go uh, Rublev. Um, Berrettini or Papirin? Uh, I don't know. Berrettini, he's seated. Yeah, I'm going Berrettini as well. And then uh, Malfis or uh, Shapovalov? That one's tricky. I'm going to go with my, with my boy Dennis. I'm going with uh, Gael, uh, my son. Um, yeah. Yeah, and then uh, I guess the winner of that would play on Duhar and win. So you would have Shapovalov and the quarters. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, and I would I would, um, I would have Malfis in the quarters. Yeah. And then Zverev is up on Bednay. I let's just assume he'll win. He's up a break in the he's up two sets in a break. It's dangerous to assume Zverev will win a grand slam match though. Yeah, but for the sake yeah, of the for the sake of this uh, exercise, will Aver, uh, even though Sverev is down break point as we're speaking. Oh, he yeah, just he, the the, the break has been erased. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, yeah. glad, I'm glad see, that has been captured. See, in real time. see, see what I said? Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Anyway. He was also up five two in the first set. Yeah, yeah, lost it. yeah. That was pretty amazing. <laughs> No, but he's basically won the tournament twice now because he's won against two unseeded players in five sets. So, like, he, he doesn't have anything left to prove. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, okay. Uh, I'll just say Sverev wins this in another uh, heart-squeezing heart, uh, heart five-setter. Um, do you have a Schwarzman or Sandgren? I'm going to go with Schwartzman. Yeah, me too. And then do you have uh, Sverev over Schwartzman? Or... Uh, yeah, I'll take Sverev to the quarters. I'll take Schwartzman. Um, and then Chilich or Isner? Currently, uh, Chilich is up two sets to one. Uh, then I'll go Chilich. Uh, I'll go Isner. Or let's see, why I'm trying to see what, what what's the score right now. Oh, Chilich has a break as well. I'm gonna go Chilich, um, and then they the Chilich would play Nadal. Um, so who do, so you have Nadal beating Chilich? Yeah, Nadal Nadal to the quarters against Zverev, and I've got uh, Nadal over Zverev. Okay, and then the quarters you would have K 
Kyrgios versus uh, Shapovalov? Yeah, and I'm going to take Kyrgios. Uh, I'm going to have Rublev versus uh, Molfis, and I'm taking Molfis. Um, yeah, that's a really unpredictable quarter. Yeah. Um, Molfis played so well in Canada before he withdrew, though, um, which is like why I'm bullish on him. Um, Has he lost a set yet? Uh, I don't think so. Um, and then I guess the other side of the draw, uh, I guess we've talked about Djokovic versus Stan. Uh, I think we're, yeah. both, we're both taking Novak, even though he's not 100%. Yeah. And then we're both taking Medvedev over the German, uh, Kopfer. Um, yeah. and then, okay, this is, this is the first real match of the tournament. Um, so, so Medvedev He's been cramping and has just played so much tennis and is unsure how much gas he has left in the tank. But Djokovic is like slightly injured and you can't. Medvedev beat him in uh, Cincinnati. Um, you can't be slightly injured against Medvedev. Um, so, so which, uh, which, uh, which of the two wins do you think? I, I think uh, Djokovic. Um... I just think he has a different level of Grand Slams. Yeah, I agree. I think Joe especially later later on. Man's up. Um, I also think uh, Medvedev was stupid in the way he uh, baited the crowd the other day. Like uh, it just sucks to not have the crowd on your side. Um, and Djokovic learned that yeah. early in his career as well. So uh, yeah, Medvedev is. Uh, yeah, he's going to have, like, uh, karma against him. The energy yeah, will not be on his side. Tens of thousands of people cheering at his mistakes. Yeah. And then uh, on the next quarter, uh, do you have Federer or Goffin? I got Federer. Yeah, he crushed uh, Dan Evans. Um, and then, yeah, I'll take... Uh, Federer as well, though I'm not as confident as like usual. Uh, just because Federer had like a few rocky first, uh, first and uh, rocky first and second round, um, and Goffin's been playing well, but Federer is going to beat Goffin. And then uh, Dimitrov versus Deminor. Uh, this is actually an interesting one. Two uh, two D unseeded players. I'm going to go Dimitrov. Uh, as has been discussed earlier, Sock is. Sok is back in the tournament, so Dimitrov can um, can properly achieve now. <laughs> um, yeah. And dude, if he makes it to uh, the quarters in the U.S. Open, he might move back in the top 50 in the world. Nice. <laughs> I think that encapsulates just how bad his season has been. Um <laughs> So, uh, do you have Federer making the semis? Yeah. Federer yeah. does it. Yeah, and so do I. Final. Yeah. And do you have uh, Federer or Djokovic? Man. Uh, that's, that's the first real match. Um, I'll go Djokovic. Just because. 
I think I would go Federer yeah. because of the injury. Um, yeah. You can't beat Roger Federer without being able to hit your backhand. Um, yeah, but he was able to hit his backhand yesterday. Yeah, that's true. I think it's impossible to call. If Joker is like feeling good, um, then he's going to win. But if, it's, if he's anything less than 100%, then Federer wins. Yeah, and then in, the, in yeah. your your other semi, you have Kyrgios versus Nadal. Yeah, if he if Kyrgios um, makes it that far, then I'll take Kyrgios. But if but I'm just gonna take Nadal for draw purposes. Yeah, I have Monfils against Nadal, and I have Nadal winning that. Um, and then the uh, the match that everyone. Uh, knows will happen the only match that really matters uh actually no there are two matches that matter uh federer versus djokovic and then whoever wins that when they play against nadal yeah it would be pretty awesome there there are a few awesome final scenarios it'd be great if this was the first ever nadal federer at the u.s open and it's like a final um another great scenario would be if uh Kyrgios plays Djokovic in like a in like a a grudge match yeah that would be fun um yeah I'm rooting for Federer Nadal or Nadal Djokovic just because man that that Wimbledon semi-final and then final those were so every time they play it's just amazing um, yeah, it, it is just amazing. Except for the Australian Open final. <laughs> that was uh, one-sided. It's usually amazing um, when they play it. Curious uh, though, when he plays those guys, can get to that amazing level. Yeah. Um, I just don't have confidence in him stringing together uh, seven matches. Um, He's been crushing his guys, though. Yeah, but then, like, one lapse in concentration. Um, didn't he have, like, a, uh, a spat with the ref in his first round? Um, yeah. Um, yeah. We'll see how he de- deals with Rublev, because he's got a Swiss cheese draw. Like, I guess he'll have to beat Monfi or something. Like, Yeah. I don't know. I feel like usually you can tell if he's... Like, it's usually the, like, nobodies who have a chance to beat them. And he's crushing the nobodies. Yeah. Um, checking in on Sverev, uh, it looks like it's still on serve in the fourth. Um, yeah, so who are you predicting as the winner? Oh, I'm predicting Djokovic. So you think Novak gets number 17? Yeah. I'm predicting Nadal. I think Nadal gets 19. That that what do you, what's a scarier result if you're a Federer fan? Uh, Nadal because you just know Djokovic is going to break your record at some point, but Nadal it's sort of a little bit in doubt. Also, you just know that Nadal is good enough to really bring it for the French next year. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's sort of if Nadal wins this, uh, it's pretty much a given that he has twenty instead of nineteen because uh, he's definitely got another French Open in him. Yeah. Um, yeah. See, so I think Nadal's the bigger. Th- if 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 it's Nadal Djokovic in the final, and you're a Fed fan, I think you want Djokovic to win still. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, if I'm a Fed fan, I I've surrendered the fact that Djokovic will break his record at some point. Really? Yeah. He's still he's five. He still has five more to go. That's no joke. Yeah. Um, and it's like it could be or could be at eighteen after this tournament in Australia, but like if he doesn't win this one and he doesn't win Australia, it's sort of also there's a chance his body is breaking down. Like he had that elbow injury and now his shoulder. Um, yeah, yeah, he's almost been at his top level for too long. Yeah, um, but he's good at managing his body. I think he has multiple years still left at the top. Um, yeah. At least longer than Federer has still left at the top. The the ageless one. Um, anyway. Um, do you have anything more to add um, in this, in this uh, episode of the Doubles, doubles Alley? No, I'm just, I'm just pumped. I, uh, this is sort of the last week of tennis of the year because after this, the big, like, Federer and Nadal are probably going to take it easy. Nadal especially is probably going to take it easy. Um, and, and it's just sort of a long, lonely few months between the U.S. Open and the Aussie Open, so uh, just savoring this. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's the last uh, last bit of tennis for the year. Um, so one 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 stat I saw was that uh, it was just majors. This this is the last this is the last major of the decade, right? Yeah. And um, guess how many majors uh, each person has this decade? Um. Novak has like a hint is that, fifteen. A hint is that there are only six major winners this decade. <laughs> yeah, Novak has like fifteen. Nadal has like nine. Federer has like six, and Murray has three. Stan has three. Chilich has one. Yeah. So uh, you you have the last three right, um, and you have the first one right. Nadal has 12, and Federer has 5. And okay. so it's just sort of a... Uh, it's a good sort of metric for gauging who's owned this decade. Yeah, and Djokovic has owned it. Um, and Nadal is, like, kind of close. I wonder how many of those Nadal ones are French's. <laughs> like, 8. <laughs> yeah. Um. But yeah, it's uh, it's been a Djokovic decade, and um, well, it'll be interesting to see who wins the final major. Yeah, and we'll be back after the final to to recap it. Um, 
so never fear. Um, if you like this episode of Double's Alley, um, give us a five-star review on iTunes. Um, you can find us on iTunes and subscribe. And you can follow us at, at Double's Alley Pod on Twitter. Um, so, yeah, thanks again for listening, and uh, we'll be back soon.